So I think those are some of the reasons I think this podcast is important and it can differentiate itself from other leadership podcasts. What about you, Joda? What? Oh, you finished? <laughs> I've noticed in my career um, a leadership or organizational breakdown or, or, or inefficiency. There we go. I don't want to say breakdown because I don't even know if it was like this before or what it was like necessarily before or what's going on after or whatever, but an inefficiency that has caught, that causes grief um, around getting shit done, basically. But skip white noise because it's a load of stinking toxic turds and everyone involved with it should be eviscerated by a plume of toxic gas. All right, Jonah. So what did you think of that movie, White Noise, on Netflix? I think it was pseudo-absurdism. It was a train wreck, god-awful waste of time. Hold on a sec. I got to get some Skittles. before. I, I can't answer this without getting some Skittles. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm getting Skittles. Are you going to bring me some? I'd like some Skittles. All right, I got my Skittles. Um, oh my God. You literally got up from the <laughs> podcast to get some Skittles. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we're talking about white noise. Why are we wasting yeah. our breath? Um, I think it was, <laughs> I, I like, I think, you know, I, I, li- I liked it to some degree. I liked, I liked the execution. I liked the parts, like the individual pieces. I liked, right. I, I enjoyed. Um, I normally don't like Adam Driver that much, but for some reason I liked him in this. I thought the cast. I like Adam Driver. Yeah, I don't really have, for the most part, criticisms about the actors necessarily. It's mostly the script and the director. I think they both just did a terrible job. It was trying too hard, trying too hard, much too hard. And I, you know, and. I think we talked about this earlier. You know, I'm a big fan of movies about death, right? My son uh, for for Christmas uh, did an art depiction of a scene from the Seventh Seal, Igmar Bergman's uh, movie, uh, where the knight is uh, playing death, a game of chess. You know, on the on the rocky shores, um, and that's a movie that's about death, but it's about death without. Hitting the nail, hitting it, hitting the nail too hard on the head. You know, yes, the uh, the knight character is afraid of death. He's, that's why he's playing chess to prolong his his um, to prolong the inevitable, his ine- inevitable inevitable demise because he's been you know uh, contaminated by uh, the plague. And it's Max von Sydow. It's the name I keep searching for. Max von Sydow plays the the character of the night. And, and so, you know, the whole movie is about death without, and again, even it does a such a better job. And there, there's even a character named death in the movie, but white noise hits it so clearly on the head that they're like, you know, the Adam driver character is like, I'm the one who's supposed to be afraid of death. Cause everyone's afraid of death in this movie. And, but Adam driver literally says, it's my, I own, I own being afraid of death. It's like, well, no, you don't, Adam Driver's character. You don't. And I don't know. I could just go on about just how I can shitty tell. I could, this movie. I could, tell. I, could, I could totally tell. I mean, that's, it was, uh, I think we, I, 
I'm not going to defend it. Like I said, I, it was, I felt like it was a waste of my time. But I, I think going into the specifics and trying to compare it to other movies about death would be also a waste of time. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm making a point that I think that there's a way to talk about death in film and there's a way not to. And Seventh Seal, go see that. It's probably on, it is always on Criterion Channel, so check it out. But skip white noise because it's a load of stinking toxic turds, and everyone involved with it should be eviscerated by a plume of toxic gas. Yeah, well, and if the, he just kind of gave away part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, totally. There's spoilers. You, yeah, no, there's spoilers. Don't watch it. It. Just listen to the spoilers. Anyways, I've been told it fascinates me though. It does sound. Like, it does sound like the book was good though, and which and it was written in the eighties, which makes me also wonder if how it was translated, if the, how how strong the translation was, and something was lost in the translation, and in fact, if it was really important that it was written in the eighties, right? Because there was oh, yeah. a lot of interesting. I'm sure the book the book is always better than than uh, the film, and I'm sure in this case they butchered the novel. I'm sure. Uh, again, I, I don't know. I haven't read the book, but yeah, I, I, I wasn't my wasn't a wasn't a film for me. That's for sure. So, yep. And that's not to say that people aren't interested in death because people are obsessed with it. And I find it fascinating. One of our most popular episodes that we did this year, Joda, was on death. Yes, Dan, it was. Death uh, in the organization. <laughs> yes, yes. So, all right. So, folks, um, welcome to the Sense and Signal podcast. Um, this is a very special edition where both Dan and I are going to cry for a couple of, couple of minutes. Um, <laughs> or but, just complain about Netflix movies. Complain about Netflix movies. But, you know, we, we've been doing this podcast for six months now. And, um, and we, we had a, a, a have and had a, a vision and a, a particular form of execution. And obviously for those vision, I think we discovered the vision through trial and error, error. I think we have a vision, but obviously th- through, through, uh, um, our efforts, you know, that it's changed and, and modified over time. Um, and, you know, obviously we're doing this on a shoestring budget and with uh, shoestring time <laughs> and shoes, the whole thing's a shoestring, one giant shoestring. The shoestrings are frayed. That's <laughs> 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 like how you have to force them through the shoe holes, right? The holes. <laughs> the right. them and get the lighter out and burn the end. You're licking, licking the holes. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to get them into the letter. That's the level of podcast we're doing, ladies and gentlemen. But as much, but, but I hope those who have watched us thus far can can see the earnestness that we're approaching this. And some of you might be wondering where are we going with this? We've had several different types of people on this show. Um, We haven't expressed uh, on a repeated level what we're talking about. Um, And so we're going to take this, I think we're going to take this moment. um, Hopefully we don't, we don't uh, uh, beat this moment to death, but we're going to take this moment and kind of talk about where we're coming from, why we're doing what we're doing and where we're going to go with it. Right. Right. Yeah, no, that's exactly what we're going to do. And so, yeah, I guess maybe that's a good transition to talk about why the hell are we doing this podcast, Joda? Why the so, Joda, I wrote, yeah, yep. 
right, so I'll say this: some context. I kind of got a, a little bit of a head start with Joe. I was like, ah, I'm going to start this podcast called The Signal, and I was doing some recording, and then you know, Joda. I met Joda for the first time a couple about a, six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> we were hanging in front of a Seven Eleven. No. Yeah, and then we were like, I was saying, Joda, I'm doing a podcast. He was like, Oh man, I've always wanted to do one. Let me buy a Coke, and I'll, I'll come join you. <laughs> <laughs> so we got our computers and started recording. That's not entirely right. the truth. Not too far um, from it, though. But actually, we've known each other quite a bit longer, which we'll get to in a moment. But yeah, so I guess when I started the initial podcast, that was really just to explore leadership and sense making and um, to deepen my understanding about those topics because I had recently in the last couple of years finished my doctorate in higher education leadership and I had published a couple of papers on leadership in addition to my dissertation. And, you know, and one of the reasons that I saw, I pursued that degree was I've seen failures in leadership, not only at my organization, but at, at others and citywide and statewide and nationally and internationally, I, even in the cosmos, I, you know, terrible leadership in the solar system. Um, and cosmic, so I figured cosmic, cosmic, failing. Yep. cosmic failures. And so I figured, you know, maybe I could learn something to help improve leadership and sense making. And I wonder if there's a zeitgeist out there, you know, I can't imagine that you and I, because you and I were kind of came and in, came into this together at different at different tangents, right? And, but yeah, right. we had the same impetuses to to to, to do this. Your reasoning, or it's like I, I don't I don't even really like saying my reason. Just just point to his reason it was pretty much the same thing. Um, uh, and I don't want to necessarily say failures in leadership, but I I've noticed in my career um, a leadership or organizational breakdown or or or. Inefficiency. There we go. I don't want to say breakdown because I don't even know if it was like this before or what it was like necessarily before or what's going on after or whatever. But an inefficiency that has caught that causes grief um, around getting shit done. Basically, um, there's a lot of quagmire behavior um, that seems unnecessary, but yet because of all this cruft and and or and something and then it's always it's you know like I, I think like uh, what what are those famous books like was it Catch Fifty Two is it or no? Fifty two, catch twenty two, catch twenty two, and, and the movie Brazil, Brazil, and all these movies that t- show bureaucracy just get in the way of people being at their best. And and what's who's at fault for that? Who what what's causing? Is it a who? Is it a is it a is it a manifestation of something of a bunch of who's? And to Dan's point, I I don't have I well I don't say he didn't say he has doesn't have the answers, but I don't have the answers, and I. I too wanted to start all the answers, which is why I reached out to him. I said, Dan, I need the answers for these problems. He goes, Oh, sure. Um, but to make a long story short, I, I too was thinking, you know what? One of the best ways to, to, to teach is or to learn is to teach. And so this is kind of that process where um, I think I want to learn more. And while I'm learning more, and I'm hoping that I can take you along on that ride of learning more about the dynamics of the ever-changing world that we live in that are these organizations that are driven by various forces, which whether leaders and management and, and SEC filings and all these things. And, and, and how much control do we have and how much control don't we have and how much control should we have? 
Yeah, and no, I, and I, I, I feel you on all those points. And almost when I, and two, I agree. I, I want this. I think I don't have all the answers. I was joking there in case you didn't get my. Oh, he's got a lot of them. Talk. You should give him a call. Actually, I'll, I'll give you his phone number when we're done. Oh yeah, well, or tweet at me. <laughs> tweet at me. Tweet. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk a little bit about Twitter later. <laughs> I got some thoughts on Twitter, but um, yeah, I think. It's kind of a universal, and I guess with the rise of the bureaucracy, you know, it's definitely been parodied in novels and um, and in films like like you mentioned Brazil and, and Mash and Catch Twenty Two and others. Um, the inefficiencies of the bureaucracy and how it drives everybody crazy, and you have concepts like people failing up, which we have all seen. Where how did that person get into that position? Um, and why? And it's unfathomable <laughs> to me from the outside. So, uh, yeah, there is a lot of dis- and there is a lot of dysfunction in organizations. Uh, we can't deny that. Is there uh, such thing as a promoting down? I wonder. Is there an opposite of failing up? Uh, was, there's demotion, right? Or but can there be a concept of you're doing well? So you're losing out. You're going back. Anyway, it's just, sorry. I think, I think there is a concept that you're doing so well in the position that you're at that they don't want to move you out of that position. That's interesting. So you're. Yeah, I think that could possibly happen. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, if we move this person out of that position, they're rocking it and we don't want to lose them rocking it. You know, and that's from a leadership perspective. That's a risk you got to take is to give that. And I mean, I think as we go through one of the things we'll talk about themes that we've uh, touched on in our process of going through these, uh, developing these podcasts and engaging with people in interviews. But I, I, so I think we'll come back to this point about developing and mentoring employees and the importance of that and taking the risk to give people opportunities to grow because that's part of your job as a leader. But I don't know if we necessarily need to go there Right at this moment. No. And, and real quick, for those of you who haven't been, who have, we're kind of assuming some, I don't know what we're assuming at this moment, but my, I'm going to do a quick introduction to me. I'm, I'm Joda Jensen and uh, I have been doing, I've been working in the software industry primarily um, for uh, over 20 years um, in all forms of product development capacity. Um, a little bit on the programming side um, wasn't necessarily my strength, albeit I thought it was super fun, um, but primarily on the strategy and, and sort of uh, 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 product um, uh, discovery side, um, and particularly in more of a design and creation perspective, um, less so probably from a from a biz dev side of things. Um, and uh, I met Dan um, t- about 25 years ago. Um, when we were going to school um, in San Francisco. So that's when we yep. talk more about that. Jordan and I used to be smokers back then. Yes. And we would hang out in front of the dorms and eventually the student apartments at San Francisco State University. Yes. And we were fixtures. We were fixtures in front of the dorms, just Puff, puffing away. Puffing away, puffing yep, away, yep, talking yep. about all kinds of things. So this podcast is really an extension of that relationship. <laughs> it, it is, it is, it is. You, it is, you but- could not, as our friend Sam like to say, you could not, you could not avoid us going into the student <laughs> apartments in San Francisco State in 1996. We would be there talking like about Joel Spagowski. 
we haunted the we haunted the, the front of the building. Quentin Tarantino or something. There was a Bosnian guy, crazy Bosnian up there screaming yeah, at yeah, us from yeah. and lots of other folks, uh, characters that maybe we'll talk about eventually in our podcast journeys. But yeah, this you know, so we've had a long uh, relationship that we've developed over years, and so the, and this, I would say this is an extension of that relationship. You know, the conversations that we've. Uh, engaged in over the years uh, but I think we're at a I think we're now we're at a point where we're in you know late not late stage careers but mid mid to late stage careers I'm like Joda I've been in uh, the the area I've been working in for about 20 something years, 22 years, which is higher education. And I, I've been a faculty men, member and mostly an administrator during those times in multiple different roles, uh, with increasing, um, responsibility over that time. And I've done consulting work and leadership training. Uh, and like I said, I got my doctorate in leadership, but I also have an arts background too, and have a deep, um, uh, history with theater and uh, performing arts and uh, maybe that's our, those are things we'll touch on uh, eventually during um, the evolution of this show but I also bring that perspective to um, these conversations I'll as say well. Dan, Dan at some point in time in his life discovered the ability to warp time as we know it there were moments in his in his career this is after college where he was married had a kid had a full-time job and at the same time was <laughs> was running was running theater shows and, and had another teaching classes and i mean i don't know where this guy got his one energy and two where he he molded time space so they could get this, this this was mr dan dr dan tarker was one of the most efficient outputters <laughs> i'd have met uh or i'd known for quite a while just amazing well uh yeah, no, I think well, I think it comes down to systems and getting oh, and systems PhD, in place, and then working on a PhD, too. and then working on a doctorate too. Yeah, no, <laughs> kind of crazy. My my family would probably say that I, I neglected them a little bit here well, and there. You but. said Alex doesn't even know your name, right? I mean, so oh, yeah, yeah, my son doesn't even know my name, <laughs> <laughs> or if you're his dad at all. He's like, who, who is no, this guy? He made me a, a nice piece of art for Christmas, and that was inspired by he, he knew was one of my favorite movies. So, yeah. um, which was the Seventh Seal again. Anyways, yeah, no, I mean, uh, Joda and I, I think, and Joda, you know, I've always been impressed with how resilient Joda has been over the years in a very topsy turvy industry, which is the dot com tech software industry where you know uh, where i live in higher education which can be very static lower paying you know but probably a little bit more secure he's had to navigate the ups and downs of dot-com booms and busts and you know the uh, the uh, trials and travails of that and the opportunity to work with a lot of different companies, which I don't have that perspective. And I think it's really valuable perspective that Joda brings that he has worked with a lot of startups as well as very established companies like Oracle. Uh, so he can bring a broad breadth of knowledge about the dot-com and tech sector to these conversations. Yeah, and that's interesting you bring that up. I think you actually touched on, and God, I hope we're not boring you. This is, I mean, this is, we're just trying to get you guys to know who we are a little bit, and then we'll wrap things up. But, but what you just, what you said, 
was is probably one of the main reasons why I'm interested in doing Sense and Signal, uh, or it's not the main reason, but the the main the main driver that provided the information was that working in various different types of companies, um, as, as many as I have, um, I've seen so many flavors, so many flavors of different kinds of behaviors and approaches to leadership because I just because I've worked in not just different leaders, but different leaders in different domains and environments that I start to, through through a triangulation almost, I started to see trendings of things that, that promoted success and trending that promoted failure. And I'm going to be honest, I think I saw more trendings of failure than success. And that might not be un, untrue for most people. Things probably more often fail than succeed. I would I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just, I would think so. Um, if you're really, what do they say? If, if you're not failing a lot, you're not really trying. Right. Um, so, so, and I, and I, it was like, you know, why are we repeating these every time I go to a new company? That's like, it's as if I've started all over again. And I'm looking at the, the conversations like, uh, these problems have been solved, or at least I think they have, or at least I feel there are recipes out there that sh- people should be talking about. And they tend to not be for some reason. And, and I felt like in these companies, things always seem to be ignored, almost willfully ignored around the conversations of, that you should have to improve communication, to improve uh, um, interrelationships, to improve leadership, to improve followship. They just the, the meta conversation just seems to be just passed by and, and and maybe it never was i can't i can't it's hard for me to see people having the meta conversation back in 1950 maybe they did maybe they didn't um and we can talk we, we actually have a whole thing a little thing we'll probably talk more about the differentiation between leadership then and now but but it was that you know and i was like god can we can we improve the way companies are run and maybe is that the process of doing that is actually rethinking about how companies are to be run and i think we're discovering that as we've kind of started to do some of this uncovering over the past six months. Yeah. And I think, um, and I would say organizations, not just companies, but organizations, whether mm-hmm. they're not nonprofits, educational institutions, like the ones I, I work within. Um, and even, you know, other type of uh, organizational entities out there, clubs, you know, whatever, you know, uh, once you get a, two or three people together, you basically have an organization. And so we're, we're really thinking about this podcast as really exploring those organizational dynamics from the, the micro to the macro level um, and looking at how leadership how we can approach leadership to make those organizations effective and successful and making sure that people and the organizations, the people that are within those organizations are thriving. And that's right. And that's right. And I think many of the discussions that we've had have uh, lended themselves um, to that theme for sure. Um, And, you know, I'll say, you know, the last six months has been, uh, uh, we've learned a lot. You know, we're still learning. Um, we, uh, the, I remember when we first started, we had to deal with all the tech stuff. And I'm actually sharing this for anyone who's interested in starting a podcast. I'm on Facebook all the time. Uh, not as much as I used to be. Uh, um, because You're, you're of, showing our age. We got, we yeah, got, to, we got yeah. to move on over to Instagram or maybe even I go to join TikTok. TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, uh, uh, LinkedIn. I'm on, I'm on all of them. Yeah, not me. For trust or whatever it is, <laughs> truth social. I'm not on truth social. <laughs> Can't find me there. Maybe an imposter. Uh, <laughs> um, 
But anyways, you know, I'm part of some Facebook groups around podcasting. It seems like everybody and their sisters starting a podcast these days. So I share, you know, my niece, my the, niece who's seven years old, will be starting a podcast probably. Yeah, this year. well, everyone wants to be an influencer, right? That's yeah. Right. So, um, and, and, and that's great. I think there's a place for you know people to find new ways to get to disrupt traditional media and get their voices out because there's a low bar for entry, uh, which makes it it's a, it's, which is a good thing and a bad thing, right? Because it makes it hard to get whatever you want to get out, you know. Um, above the noise, right? Because there's a lot of stuff out there that you're competing with uh, these days, uh, not just traditional media, but everybody else who's starting podcasts or keeping their podcasts going. And so uh, it, 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 it's, it's been challenging, not just getting the word out, but learning the technical side. Yeah. Uh, how do we set up our cameras? What platform do we use? Um, how do we edit these things? How do we make them dynamic? How do we post to get um, to to get subscribers? All that stuff. It's been a real learning and learning the YouTube the algorithm and dynamics, and then the dynamics of all the other audio platforms like Spotify and Apple. It's been a it's been a real learning curve. It's not it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Anybody out there who wants to help us with this and thinks they could be a, a producer, maybe reach out to us. We could, we could leverage it. I don't know what we're going to do with, with, with monetization of that, but uh, anybody who's interested, you know, because uh, a lot of our effort goes into sort of the production and, and, uh, but it's been, it's been fun. You know, it's a lot of work and we could probably do more better work, you know, more smarter work. I'm assuming that's where we're, that's kind of where we're at right now. Where we're figuring out how to, we can streamline our efforts. Um, where are the, where are the biggest, what kind of, what, where can we put our, our, our money and our, our effort and get the biggest bang um, to get this content out to you, um, to find people to speak to, um, to improve our, our, our approach to this whole thing. Um, yeah, because we have taken from a from the tech perspective, right? We've tried to take an agile approach, you know, learning as we go, putting out episodes, kind of assessing them, uh, not just kind of assessing, assessing them, and then making incremental improvements with each right. episode that we launch. And we've gotten lots of feedback from Joda's dad, which <laughs> we've appreciated. It, Doug, we love you. Um, we're gonna get to your comments later in the episode, Doug. That's a teaser. <laughs> <laughs> the critique That's a section teaser for everybody. The, at the very end will be Doug's critiques. Jonah's dad. <laughs> Jonah's dad's critiques of the Sensible Signal podcast. But so look forward to that, gentlemen. We're it. It's coming. It's going to be a blast. It'll be a segment. It'll be a segment. Uh, <laughs> so hey, Dan. So I mean, so I'm going to ask you a question. Why does the uh, world? Why does the world need another? Another another podcast about sense, sense and signals or about sense making, and we haven't really discussed the notion of sense making and sort of the tools, which we'll get to in a bit in a second. But why? Why do? Why does? Why does the world need sense and signal? I think. Well, I think there are several values of value propositions within this podcast, right? And I and I'm even learning to think like that from some of the conversations we've had with some of the people that we've had on this podcast. The, 
think about what is the value of any product that you develop. Because from education, even though education, higher education is a product, we don't necessarily think in terms of that like that as you do in the tech sector. And I think one of the benefits of this particular podcast is our unique perspectives that we bring and kind of synthesize together. You bringing in the tech sector and the knowledge around Agile and Scrum and, you know, the different frameworks that the tech sector uses in product development. And I bring the higher ed perspective you know how do we how, how do we do things in higher education and you know w- w- the research methods that we use to make decisions and so forth so and the cultural differences that we that differentiate those two sectors so i think that that's one value uh, be- a benefit is that we bring those two perspectives together i think you know i've watched so we have we have a guest that we're going to probably talk about a little bit later, uh, but I'm not going to mention her name here. Uh, but I saw her on another podcast, and she's she complained to us when we first um, had her on our show before we had her on that she had done some podcasts she wasn't very happy with, uh, and she said I buried those podcasts. I wouldn't promote them. Um, because they were kind of boring and dry and superficial. And I I actually watched what I think was one of those podcasts the other day, and I got five or six seconds into it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is just so dry and boring. You know, and I think so the other value that we're going to try and bring to this podcast is an entertainment aspect that we – we want this to be light. We want it to be irreverent. We want to, we want to joke around and build a relationship with our audience and um, kid around with each other and our guests and um, bring some levity to what is often a very dry and serious concept. And also, I think um, I don't want this podcast to become um, – who's that TED Talk lady, Brienne, Bree? I don't know. Oh, you know uh, who I'm talking about. Yeah, the dare to lead. Um, the one. dare to lead. You know, I think that's all the positive cheerleading, empathy, emotional support stuff is is great, and we're we're going to talk about some of that stuff too. But I want to. I don't want us to be a traditional leadership and sense making podcast. I want us to be able to go outside the box and talk about different things that leaders should be talking about if. If they're wise, right? Like you know, uh, CP, C, uh, the Chat CPG uh, platform that's out. I think we're going to have an episode later on this year, uh, earlier this year, about that disruptive technology. Um, I, you know, and so have you know, thinking outside the box. You know, blockchain and crypto. What does that mean to our leadership approaches as well? Because those could be disruptive technologies. So keeping an eye on the ball for what's disrupting um, the complex systems that we live in, and um, and having discussions about that. And finally, you know, really focusing on that sense making process. I, I believe all leadership is rooted in sense making because in order to make a, an effective decision or an informed decision, you have to take time to make sense of the world. And that's actually a very scientific thing to, to explore because it's rooted in your own consciousness. You, you have to perceive the world, make sense of it, and you do it through your senses, your cognitive schemas, your uh, information gathering strategies, uh, the people you associate with and talk with to gather 
data, and we like one of our catchphrases now is always be gathering data, right? Um, or always be collecting data, A, B, C, D. And so, you know, being cognizant of that, that important sense-making approach, because we do live in complex environments uh, that are constantly shimmering and changing, and we have to be nimble and adaptive to respond. So I think those are some of the reasons I think this podcast is important, and it can differentiate itself from other leadership podcasts. What about you, Joda? What? Oh, you finished? <laughs> that was long-winded. I get long-winded sometimes. I'm sorry. What is it? Is it Monday? Yeah. But I hope I was deeply impassioned. It was. It was utterly impassioned. It sent me off to some crazy-ass dreams there. Um, you know, and I want to say something. Like. I, want to, I want to say that the Sense and Signal name. So Dan and I worked hard on coming up with that Sense and Signal name. And and like he said, he named, he started his podcast just called The Signal. And I don't know why. <laughs> I think we probably were going to change it just because I was coming on board. So we weren't just going to keep the old name because it wasn't necessarily that was a bad name unto itself. But we were kind of, and we went through all sorts of things. And we were thinking, what's with senses and signals and senses and signals? And, and we were trying to think of all these witty kind of, connotations and finally somehow just after attrition we were like why not just sense and signal and so for those of you who th- think that we actually were it's, it's an actual uh, overt play off of sense and sensibility believe it or not it was not we didn't even think about that until after like someone said oh it's like sense and sensibility and we're like oh yeah it is like sense and sensibility it was literally <laughs> independent of that uh, uh we just we were we we knew that we wanted to do this with this with the signals you know so if there's not, I think, okay, so let me dial it back here. So I think I probably have a shorter response um, um, to that question of why another sport. <laughs> and and he's asleep. Jesus. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> and he actually falls asleep on me regularly. Um, all the, the time. Uh, <laughs> all the time. Uh, yeah, I think the reason why a, a, a podcast like ours is necessary, because there are probably, a, there's a bunch of great podcasts and great great leadership talkers out there that do, do some pretty amazing things. Um, but I think one of the things that I think, one of the the, the approaches that that we're going to be taking that that isn't really being addressed out there is that as we mentioned we don't I don't have the answers and I, and even if I had a answer I'm I am so postmodern I would say that it's a answer and there are many other possible answers as well you know you pick pick, pick your framework you know and so it's contextual and so and Dan and I bring that to this conversation of the contextualness of things. And we really want to help people break down the distinctions of things and not necessarily tell you what your, the answer to your problems. Because sometimes if you have the, the, the parts laid out to you and sort of an understanding of the relationships and those systems, you'll gain a perspective that's meaningful for you. And I don't think a lot of places, a lot of other podcasts are doing that, right? Because it, it, again, it's, it's clickbait. We, if we, Dan and I said, uh, follow these three steps and you'll make it to CEO in four days, we'll get tons of clicks. And they, 
we're not being out. We're not. We're not saying we're not going to do that. We might. We probably. Elon Musk sucks. Destroy Elon Musk. But we get tons of clicks. Our but Dan and my our spirits aren't in there, right? We we want we're we're more. I mean, I, I, I'm speaking for both of us, and I think I'm kind of yeah yeah. Speaking, um, we're we're more shovels than hammers on some level. You know, um, we we like to uncover and reveal. Uh, we want illumination, paradigm shifts, things like that. And, and, and again, I'm not saying there aren't people out there aren't talking about this, but our, our fundamental goal is to help illuminate the problem space, not define the problem space for you. Yeah. And I think, you know, to get back to postmodernism, we're both very comfortable with living in an ambiguous space where, no, we don't have all the answers, but we do want you to have takeaways, at the same time. That's right. And so I know that's something Joda really wants to emphasize in, in this podcast. <laughs> is that I'm fine. You know, I'm an academic. I'm fine. I'm fine with just letting it, you know, get very woo-woo. <laughs> but Joda wants some practical takeaways because he's a product guy. <laughs> Dan's, got the, Dan's got the French movie ending and I've got the, uh, the what? <laughs> I don't know. What's the definitive ending? Star Wars ending. The Star Wars, the final battle ending. <laughs> you know who won. You know who won. Uh, uh, just click, we're done. <laughs> Dan's movie ends with Kenobi and, and Vader swinging their swords at each other, and it ends right there. That's You don't even know. Exactly. <laughs> what was the point of that movie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of why I think, um, since that's why I think, and I, I think I was not long winded, but maybe a little more <laughs> woo in what I just said, probably. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think, I think you're right on, on spot, on target with that for sure. You know, and I think, you know, one thing we started off, uh, doing episodes with just the two of us to kind of get our sea legs and having conversations, um, and then started layering in guests. Yeah. And, um, that was the other discovery that I think was really important, you know, cause I know we had a, some tension, Joda, between, oh, we wanted to focus just on our conversations versus guests, and we had a little bit of tug-of-war there. And then once we started bringing in the guests, I think we both found that they brought a, a nice layer and a different perspective um, to our conversations. And one thing I really appreciate that I think we're going to be continuing to strive for is, you know, with us all being, you know, because of one of the benefits of COVID-19, and there are benefits from what happened with COVID, all you know, yes, it was a tragic three, two, three years that we've been through and lots of people died and horrible. And we can, we're not even going to get into the culture war stuff, but there are some tangible benefits like our increased use of technology for, for, for good. Right. And one of those is that we can now interview people because we're all accustomed to using this technology. We can interview people all around the globe. And so uh, I'm thinking our, one of our first international guests was uh, Zoe Fragu, who is in Athens, Greece. She's an Athens, Greece-based psych, uh, psychologist uh, working on her PhD in psychology and organizational leadership. And um, having her on really kind of opened my eyes to, oh, we can – we can bring really interesting thinkers from all around the world together to build a community of folks to to engage in these discussions. And I think that's one thing I've I've enjoyed about having the guests on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and and to, yeah, and we're still you know we're we're, we're still feeling our our our, our putting our, what did you say our sea legs, but the guests have been 
the guests are great and they're great for I'll, I'll say for practical very very practical reasons they're easier shows for us to do because we don't have to plan quite as much because we lean on the guests to sort of help kind of drive the show so it kind of usually helps me and dan throughout the week so we don't have to put as much sort of uh, effort in actually driving the entire topic um there is that part but having like he said i mean has, having them on um opens up the dialogue and um it's a great way to kind of get at uh, topics in, in a way that we probably never would have considered it. And it opens up future topics for us down the line. Um, yeah, because so- I think one thing we're going to try and do as we go into next year is look at some of the episodes that we've already done and think about what are some points that we can extend. One thing we've right. been doing, you know, because I've been we've been publishing a lot more shorts, which, which if you're a podcaster, I'd recommend uh, – doing the shorts thing because it, it actually works uh, to get more views and clicks and stuff like that and more attention because um, we are in an attention economy. But um, we have been using that Google Analytics and the, and the data, the uh, YouTube data to to look at what are people interested in? What are they viewing again and again um, to, to pick out future topics? So I think that's... Um, something that we're going to do too. And I mean, I've discovered some themes, Joda, that I mean, I think have been surprising and informative. Like one is the theme of the importance of storytelling that has come up again and again. And here in a sense, that's what we're doing right now. We're, we're constructing a story about our experience together with this podcast that's right. to make okay. sense of it. Um, what, what about empathy? There was emp- empathy is also one that's, that's we've been uh, yeah. running with and and, f- and make, make having people feel that in the world around you and the people that you work with. Yeah, no, empathy has been a huge one. And I, w- I want to get to that in a second. But I think, you know, um, we're going to have as we go forward, we're going to have some of those people who brought talked spoke to us about storytelling, um, like Zoe Fragu and Hannah Gala and um Heysan, Sorrells, uh, all spoke to the, uh, in different ways, uh, they all spoke to the aspect of storytelling and how important it was. For Heysan, it was looking to great literature. And, and Zoe, too. For Zoe and Heysan, they, yeah, they both, both spoke about, right. they both echoed, like, you don't read management books. I mean, Heysan went even further and said, <laughs> the MBA. Yeah, he basically did. He said, "We're not, we're not saying you said that, but I think we're, we're paraphrasing." It's <laughs> a paraphrase. <laughs> Anyways, he said, uh, "Forget the NBA and you know, read a book of literature, read Shakespeare or Jane Austen." Um, and Zoe, you know, recommended Milan Kundera, which I know Joda has been reading the unbearable lightness of being because of that conversation. That's right. Um, although I still say immortality is the better book from Kundera, but they're both great. And it emphasizes that there's a lot to learn from literature about leadership. And I think that's a theme I definitely want to continue to explore. And then Hannah really got into uh, the evolutionary aspects of storytelling and how you know we are terrible sense makers that's one of the challenges of being a human being we we're not very good at making sense of the world and so if 
we're constructing stories based on flawed data that we're gathering about our existence, then our stories are going to be flawed too. And so uh, there are benefits to storytelling and there's also dangers to storytelling. Well, and then Um, we even, and we even, one of the episodes we did by ourselves was actually this notion of a post-industrial workforce or environment, um, which I definitely want to drive more from um like what was the gentleman's name wicket or veek Veek. yeah and i mean his whole premise is like hey everybody you know i hope you're sitting down for this but his whole premise is that leaders aren't there to to set the direction or tell you what to do well no let me rephrase that they are there to set the direction but they're not there to tell you what to do they're primary role is to set the narrative by which then the expertise which has been hired below or probably a better term than below but has been hired to execute um they take that narrative and they're all working towards that same narrative but the leader himself is not the person who's actually um saying how to execute and where to go with that execution it's a, a team effort and you, you know whether you agree with that or not um you know it puts a lot of emphasis on storytelling for the leadership out there currently in today's world yeah and those are and that's a sense making process right uh and cuz he he calls it a that the post-industrial organization is a sense-making organization. You're you're gathering data and you're constructing narratives based on the data that you're gathering about your environment and your situation right. in order to move forward. And so leaders need to create a an environment where that data can be collected and that we can co-construct the narratives that help move us forward. Um, yeah, that was a fascinating episode. I definitely think we should keep uh, pursuing that strand of thought as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then there is the empathy part, you know, as another thing, which I thought, you know, Brad Topliff, uh, spoke to, spoke to that, um, pretty deeply. Um, and I think Hannah, actually, I think Hannah brought up empathy as well. I think there was a conversation and then, and then Dan Dan Torres Torres. talked about it as well within, within his conversation with us. Yep. That's right. Yeah, no, they came up again and again. And, you know, empathy is an interesting thing. And I I was watching another podcast recently, which I'm not going to name because it's a different type of podcast. Um, But they had a guest on who challenged the idea of empathy uh, and said that you should really be focusing on sympathy. Um, and so that's an interesting uh, debate that might be interesting to have I find that later on in the podcast. That's very interesting. Yeah, we want to talk about it now, but you know, it's funny because of our conversations. I never really, I've always, you know, me doing what I've done, I've always been about empathy um, and sympathy, but empathy in the sense that you can feel feel for the person that you're produ- making something for or helping with. Um, but because of our conversations, I had never heard the terminology. Uh, would you call it negative empathy or dark empathy? Or Is dark that, empathy, yeah. Dark empathy. And I was like, what the heck would be dark empathy? But then, you, then, yeah, it makes complete sense. Just because you can. Well, that was a real discovery, though, and that, that speaks to the sympathy thing, right? Like That's what I was saying. What I mean, is, that's that's yeah. what I'm talking about. It made me realize that empathy into itself is not is, – is, is a – is a it's like a, like a bad analogy, but like a gun, it can be used to for for good or bad, I guess you know. And it was like, um, so then I started thinking maybe sympathy is actually the thing that you want to actually be thinking about. I haven't listened to what you talked about, but when you said that, I, I find that very fascinating. Again, yeah, yeah I, I think that person's argument was that 
that empathy could be, you could delude yourself with empathy because how can you really walk in somebody else's shoes? Because that's really what empathy means. Like I'm walking in somebody else's shoes. I'm experiencing what they're experiencing. And that could delude your, you could, you could have some delusions <laughs> produced by that type of thinking, like right. really being convinced that you are empathetic when in fact, what you might really be just doing is just being sympathetic, which is imagining you know, what somebody else is experiencing. Yeah, 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 for sure. Or even if your so empathy could be misdirected, you might think you have empathy, but your emotions are actually not empathetic, just some other, of the other emotion that isn't really tied to what's happening to them. So, yeah, no, very, very fascinating stuff for sure. Yeah, and so there were other themes that came up too, and I, I definitely think that that's one that I want to um, to explore too. Uh, more deeply. We are going to get back to the Bitcoin and blockchain conversation with Mr. Key that he had. He's going to bring on uh, one of his partners to talk with us. I'm still skeptical about uh, blockchain and Bitcoin. That episode was called, uh, initially was called uh, uh, Explain Bitcoin and Blockchain to Dan's Grandmother. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I, I do find it still a mysterious thing. And now with the FT. Uh, uh, FPX or FTX, whatever, uh, that Sam Bankman freed, um, fiasco. I, I'm even more skeptical about blockchain and Bitcoin. Um, yeah, we want to find, we definitely want to speak to more people out there around this notion of technology. Um, we have a good friend between me and Dan, who's full on in the whole bit chain Bitcoin thing. And that, that, that episode we did with, uh, with Mr. Key was one of his favorites. Um, and he felt that we didn't get it and he's probably right. Um, that we were, we were, uh, walking away from that, probably not completely as, uh, on board with what we had heard as we probably should have been. Um, it's, uh, the disruptive nature that they're, that they're expressing is probably way, is probably extraordinarily profound. And when we think about it, what, how it can change in the world, the working world, as we know it, um, it's not just about when you talk to these people about this coin, it's, it's, <laughs> and it, 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 it's about functionally changing the, the, the mechanisms of transaction of causation. Um, and then how does that affect the world as we know it? And so as we move forward, um, in this world, we're going to be being, uh, there'll be this deluge of new technology that's going to change the way we engage with our work, uh, change the way work engages with us. And will we, will our organizations, will our leadership, will our government be able to move fast enough to accommodate these, these changes? I would be arguing that they haven't been up to this point, which is a little scary to me. But can we help and can we help be part of that conversation? So we will definitely be looking to speak to more people with around these new technologies, whether it's whether it's artificial intelligence, whether it's blockchain, whether it's info security. What does all this mean to the world that um, is increasingly becoming interconnected through the technologies and, and not just connected, guided, if, and if not just yeah. guided, led by the technologies? Well, disrupt the world's going to be disrupted by a lot of these technologies, or is in the process of being disrupted. 
which is something that Mr. Key was trying to get at with us. You know, what's the future of middle management? That's right. Uh, was a question that we tackled, and I think he said there won't be any. <laughs> That's right. Because I mean, and there's, and I think there's, you know, one thing I want to explore when we have Mr. Key and some other guests are back to to talk about the blockchain and by extension crypto conversation is kind of this libertarian streak that's within that community. Because uh, I definitely think there is a political, ideological, a psychological mindset that the blockchain and cryptocurrency appeals to, which is more of a libertarian mindset. So I could see where not everyone's going to buy into crypto. Um, some people want a strong state to give them security and help. And that's kind of a more liberal um, position, right? Whereas the people who don't want any state control uh, of their assets and their, you know, yeah, their assets, basically, they're going to be more inclined to, to pursue something like crypto and blockchain and decentralized commerce and finance. That's an, I, you know what? I never thought about that connection. I, I both agree and disagree. Where in the sense I agree, but I think it's a bit reductive. But that is interesting because there is that aspect to it. And it's, I'm wondering, do you, would you have to be, would you have to lean libertarian to bite onto these technologies? I don't I think, think I think so. if he's, I, to I'm, go no, 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 I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I, like I said, I, I'm not saying that it doesn't feed into it. But I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I don't. Maybe not the time to talk. But that's 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 interesting. I never thought about. I think that. it's a thing that I think it's the thing to explore. Yeah. more deeply at some point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's, and speaking of disrupt, slants? and speaking of disruptive technologies, you know, I was thinking about our interview with Christine Ng, who uh, we talked about data analytics and marketing with her, and one of her focuses of that conversation was the importance of using data to make decision decisions. Uh, and her, she comes from the realm of marketing. So she was using data f- through that lens. And she talked deeply about Google analytics. Well, we now see Google suddenly challenged with uh, the sat, uh, chats uh, CPG uh, bot, right? That, that new chat bot that's out, which, you know, we experimented, Joda, you and I did some experimentation with it over the weekend, and it's pretty damn impressive. And if it can outdo Google in a search, that's going to be very disruptive to the type of data that can be collected, right, on yeah, people. Yeah. Because that uh, open AI, from my understanding at this point, it's probably not collecting a lot of data. I'm sure it's collecting data. Let's, let's be clear. You're putting in questions. It's answer. It's collecting data. But it's not collecting data in the w- and, pres- and delivering it uh, to other people in the way that Google Analytics does, which Google delivers data so that people can look at it like us uh, who are doing a podcast and kind of refine your marketing strategy to to enhance the you know the delivery of the product that you're you're uh, trying to get out into the world. Yep. And so I can see it dis- totally disrupting marketing and the whole data analytics area in the marketing field. Yeah, that's going to be probably one of our topics a lot this year. I'm assuming, if if not directly, indirectly, um, it's 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 definitely opened everybody's eyes. Everybody's talking about it. Want to hit the fi- uh, final theme was just overall mental frameworks 
um, to to think about our reality. We talked about with Tina uh, Greenbaum um, and uh, uh, Young Suk Ko about um, mental frameworks. You know, Young was one of our fir- was actually our first guest. She brave Young. Thank you for being our first guest and and going through that trial by. Um, whatever <laughs> she, she was great she ran she, she brought some class and and uh and calm demeanor to the whole frenetic aspect that we were in those early days so yeah it was awesome and she spoke to empathy too right and care and she has a metaphor about using gems like think you no know, thinking about your life like a diamond and you have to care for that diamond even in the workplace and so she she brought that and that's a mental mind mindset i think and then also tina uh greenbaum with uh, mental mastery mindset where which kind of gets to that whole stoicism and how how you as a leader have to emotionally regulate yourself which i think is another topic that we'll be getting into as well uh with future guests how 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 do leaders emotionally self-regulate take you know participate in self-care and promote self-care and mental health well and well-being uh in the workplace because uh, a lot of folks still need it now we're not out of the pandemic completely well, yet. again and, and it's like uh, i'm always going to push back we're not just talking about leaders here and and we're going to probably even have to have a show about uh, uh dan and i'll have to have a fisticuff show about leadership like at some point i'm defining what it is um i'm much more disruptive about it in my i think in my definitions probably almost lean more towards the towards the Mr. Key's aspect to some degree at times. But my point being is, you know, we want to care everybody. We need to, we need to think about the well-being of everybody in an organization, not yep. just not. I mean, not just the the leaders. Um, and well, I, I, I would argue that everybody in an organization has the potential to be a leader. Sure. I mean, there's a different. You know, we always have to differentiate. There's formal leadership where you have the position and power and authority with that role or supposed power. It's yeah. often an illusion. Yeah. Um, and then you have uh, informal leadership right which is somebody who might not be in a position of formal authority but still has to take the lead at times because of their expertise or just with their positionality within the organization and uh so anybody from the janitor uh to the uh executive suite anybody within an organization can be a leader or exhibit leadership um um, approaches yeah um and you know in that final thing i think that this fifth this fifth aspect that you've highlighted um is probably the one that resonates with me the most um on some level um it's the modeling you know the modeling of 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 the world around us looking at these things and and helping us sort of figure out what this world is looks like now what it's going to look like in the future and then how do we as humans as 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 living organisms that that um that, as mortals as to that, bring us back to the theme of death right care that love to have hopes that have dreams that that poop they eat whatever you know um how does how does this world of automation and 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 digital transformation um which is really hitting a stride now which is really making a a huge huge i mean it has been but i think we're hitting a orders of magnitude change probably here very soon on this um how do we model this in our heads how do we what kind of decisions because i think we as a society are probably going to have to actually make decisions if we don't what's going to manifest might not be something that we're probably going to be very happy with. I could be wrong and we can make that debate, but it is the modeling of this world and trying to make sense of that from these signals that um, 
I'm going to definitely be um, diving head on uh, as we move forward uh, over this next year. Yeah, same here. And, um, you know, we're working really hard. We're going to have a whole slew of new guests coming up um, in the next few months. Uh, and so we're, we're planning those and planning those interviews. And so we just hope that you can subscribe click a like for this video uh follow us and and i know people you know you can't always trust the youtube as far as followers because i know people are liking our um website we have a small website on um uh, a wordpress website well it's, 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 it'll be coming up soon it'll be coming up soon where you can go to sensonsignal.com yeah yeah there's two but some there are people are liking the current one that's kind of the when we're going to phase out eventually, but I mean, people are engaging with us with, within various different mediums and, but we really want you to go to YouTube and subscribe there to keep up with the videos. Cause we're yeah. considering that our primary platform. We do release on, um, um, on Spotify and Apple and a lot of other podcasting platforms as well. And we're experimenting with putting stuff up in different places. And, you know, the shorts we're putting out on, sh- on YouTube as well. Um, and we are also going to post those on Instagram and TikTok and things like and that. And we'll be publishing as well. We'll be publishing uh, actual written word. Um, Dan has a his history of writing stuff, and uh, we'll have a, we'll be hosting that stuff. And you know, as we move forward, we're we're still going to be figuring out and looking into how to improve our engagement with you. Um, and and really, this is a dialogue as a. Uh, with you and, and this might not be new i'm sure other podcasts say this all the time but your engagement is going to be critical uh we really want to hear from you about um the directions that we're taking and how they resonate with you and if they resonate with you um how can we improve ourselves um you can tell us you know you can make suggestions on perhaps guests that we should speak to um and speak with or if you've got somebody that you think might be interesting for us to speak with let us know um, we're, we're, we're homespun enough that we'll, we, we can easily listen to all y'all. We're not, we're not famous yet. We'll, we'll ignore you, you know, which will. And well, speaking, speaking of that, Joda, I, you know, I, I laid the, I put the carrot out there early in the episode when we, if we set it up, you got to pay off. So we do take feedback, especially from Joda's dad. Yes. We do. we do, and like I said, we will. We, I think I think we've agreed that it might be a segment at the end of our shows. <laughs> yeah, responding to Doug. So I just want to address that. You know, Doug has. Uh, you know, of course, when you're starting a podcast, your your initial base of listeners and participants, thank God, are your family and friends. Joda's dad has been a loyal listener and given us some. Uh, I think some good feedback right Absolutely. about being more prepared and uh, more direct and um having more of a presence on the podcast when we're interviewing people and i think those are things that we are doing we're incrementally trying to address to uh not overwhelm the guests because we want to we want the guests to to shine it's their show when a guest comes on with us and we want to be there to serve the guest well uh, it's, but at it's the an same exploration time, i mean you know it's it's yeah. we're, we're, we're having a we're bringing guests on to one hear from them but also to to talk to have a conversation so yeah yeah, so I mean, so definitely give us feedback. Uh, does, are there, is there any other feedback you want to address from your dad? Jonah? I think we'll have to. We'll we'll just do it next uh, next episode at the you know the <laughs> thirty. We'll give him those thirty seconds, and we'll just uh, we'll just let him. Uh, we'll just let him go, and we'll you know maybe we'll even invite him on. Maybe that's what. Maybe he'll be like the Andy Rooney at the end of our show. 
<laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> Let me tell you about something. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, Jordan's dad looks and Jordan looks just like his dad. So just imagine Jordan with like just whiter hair. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're very similar. I think I was a genetic uh petri dish army experiment, probably is what I was. I think that's gonna be wrong though. So <laughs> anyways, uh this is I hope I think we're done. I think this has been I hope this is good for everybody, not to bore you to death. Just wanted to let you know who we are. While we didn't do this at the beginning, we probably should have, you know, we were just so, you know, frenetic and trying to get things up and get things out there and stuff. And so maybe sometimes well, it's best to take. Well, I think this is a good unpacking. But I it's a time. Kind of to, it's a, it's unpacking thing. for sure. And, and maybe, maybe you know, a stitch in time saves nine, as they say. So maybe maybe this is an, uh, a lesson and maybe not speeding up always, but kind of slowing down and really putting some effort into something. So, um yeah. So I hope this was informative for you all. And really, as Dan said, I, I really look forward to this as we move forward, this project. Um, I'm looking to see where it goes. Um, and um, I'm looking forward to working with you all as we move forward and try to make sense and from the signals uh, that are out there um, and to navigate this world. And, and you know, as Dan said, this as much as we're talking about leadership, we're talking about leadership in an abstract level. You might not think of yourself as a leader right now or ever. But what you are probably is a change agent. And that's really what we're talking about is how effective are you as a change agent out there in the world that you're working in? You leading from below, leading from the side, leading from the bottom, whatever. Uh, so I, I honest, I feel this is a, this is a show for anybody, um, anybody who wants to make a difference actively. Agreed. So thanks everybody for listening. And uh, again, hit that subscribe and like button and uh, we'll see you in a, we'll see you soon with a, another episode. Sign Take care, everyone. Yep. Bye everybody. Bye.